This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi, I'm Dominic Fracasa, filling in for Cecilia and Damien, and this is Fifth in Mission. Levi's, the iconic San Francisco clothing brand, said recently they would soon use emerging technology to conjure up AI-generated images of models wearing their jeans, jackets, and other products. Breakthroughs in consumer-facing artificial intelligence technology have captured the public's imagination over the past year. Software trained with troves of data can take virtually any prompt and generate astonishing text or images. But these advancements could come at a cost. Levi says it wants to use AI to ensure its products are modeled by a diverse-looking set of computer-generated people. But is that really diversity? Why pay a real person to model your genes when you can just create one with AI, who works for next to nothing? Chronicle columnist Justin Phillips joins me now to unpack the AI debate animating the runway of late. Hi, Justin. Hey, Dom. Thanks for having me, man. So, Justin, Levi's has been around for more than 150 years. It's created a lot of memorable ad campaigns that used real people who were wearing real clothes, right? (laughs) We're all pretty familiar. Uh So, last week, Levi's announces it's going to start using AI models on its website and its app. So, So, let's start at the beginning. What are we talking about? When we talk about an AI model, who's making these and, and how does it work? So they're going to partner with this software, this tech startup company out of Amsterdam that specializes essentially in creating digital models. Like they've worked with Calvin Klein, they've worked with Tommy Hilfiger. And the idea is that they will create a model, one that's diverse, that better represents like a broad customer base. And they'll use that in online shopping. So the chances of an online shopper being able to find someone or see an outfit on a model that looks close to how they look are greater. So essentially, like this company just works at creating digital models that can diversify essentially who's wearing a brand online. So with a lot of the AI generated images that that I've seen to date, there's often some kind of visual tell, right? There's something off or there's something uncanny about it that can sometimes give the image away as being computer generated. You know, but of course there's a range to the realism of these images. And I suspect that there's a lot of technology still, you know, behind the scenes waiting to hit the public that may be, you know, more powerful than what's available now. So so my question is how realistic are these models? Can you tell that they're not actual people? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I, So there's like an image that's floating around of a woman of color, like Levi's attached this to their uh, announcement, essentially, that I think is a, a an example of what the model will look like. And, you know, I think you can kind of tell that it's not an actual person, but if they, you know, implement the right utility of it, I guess, like to where you can manipulate the person, like turn them, change sizes, like if there is a lot of variety or or ways to use that model to see how like an outfit would fit on you, 
I think people won't mind, you know, if there's like an uncanny valley kind of situation with it. But, you know, I, I think they're going to work at developing it. They have some time. They said just they're going to begin testing this in the future. So, you know, the, the there's a lot of possibilities floating around. Like you mentioned, Levi's isn't the first brand to do this. Uh, La La Land AI is the same firm creating, you know, models for Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein, as you said. So why did Levi say it was taking this step now? They're painting this as a way for them to continue to advance their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. And I also think there's like a business component to it. It'll cost less in the long run using this technology where you don't have to keep hiring new models. You can now just kind of design them online. I think that's part of it. You know, it's undeniable that using an AI generated model has a smaller carbon footprint than, you know, conducting like multiple photo shoots and reshoots. And I think it's just, you know, mostly a business decision that allows them to say, hey, like we're diversifying, you know, essentially our workforce online. Isn't this a great thing? So I want to unpack the the business decision that you mentioned just a little bit more. Can you talk a little bit about the financial aspect involved here? I mean, I mean virtual models don't get paid, right? <laughs> you don't have yeah. to, you know, shell out money for the photo shoot. You don't have to pay a photographer mm -hmm. even. You just sort of create them uh you know, conjure them on on a computer screen. And when you talk about a company wanting to do this for reasons of equity and inclusion in who's wearing and who is seen wearing their products, it does seem, you know, if you think about the people involved in creating those images for the company, do you see where I'm going with yeah, this question? Yeah. It, no, it's, yeah. it seems like, you know, there, there's going to be people, human beings who aren't going to get paid as a result of this initiative, right. models of color who aren't going to get paid. And, and I'm wondering whether Levi's has addressed that, how they're, you know, walking that tightrope and what you think about that. That is a great point. And I think there are like way more questions than answers right now. So when they first announced it, they were very careful in making sure that they said that it wasn't guaranteed that AI-generated models would end up replacing human models. But it's hard to find any comfort in that, in my opinion, especially like when you look at the landscape of how there are so many companies across the country that have kind of, since 2020, rolled back their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. And let's say that this decision by Levi's ends up being one that doesn't hurt their bottom line and even helps it. Like, it's hard to make the argument that they'll keep employing and hiring real black and brown models if they can just rely on digital models that cost way less and, you know, shows that they're essentially making a profit of it because they don't have to pay for something anymore. I think there's like a very reason to be fearful or to be concerned about what could happen. Like this is just a really unknown kind of territory. Well, stay with us. After a quick break, we'll come back to talk more with Chronicle columnist Justin Phillips. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Justin, you spoke to an Oakland-based model named Carolyn Doling. Can you tell me a little bit about her Who is she and what was her reaction to this Levi's news? So Carolyn is extremely unique in an industry that's essentially defined by European beauty standards and youth. Carolyn is a black woman who is 76 years old, uh, you know, wears her hair natural and curly, and she just kind of doesn't fit the traditional mold of what people might think models should look like. But she has done a bunch of national campaigns for a variety of brands. She was featured in a Black History Month campaign for Target. So she's really familiar with how the industry goes. And also, like, she's often one of the first people that some of these brands call when they want a diverse model to show up, essentially. And so when I when I spoke with her about this, she honestly at first hadn't heard about it. So she had to read about it while we were speaking and talking to her, talking to people that know her, have worked with her, they all kind of said the same thing, which is, this is kind of strange. And it doesn't seem like it bodes well for black and brown models who these companies have to approach and have to pay when these companies have the option of just using an AI-generated model that might cost way less. You talked about Carolyn's reaction. I think a lot of people shared uh, her concerns and your concerns, knowing full well that there are, as you said, a lot of questions that are yet unanswered. But Levi's did have to issue a follow-up statement, not often a great sign that a campaign is really going gangbusters when you have to follow up your your statement with another statement. Uh, But can you talk a little bit about what that follow up said when it comes to Levi's using AI models? What did they what did they seek to clarify exactly? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So they had to come out and say something else because the backlash they were getting online was intense. And I think the criticism was fair. They were saying essentially that it's not going to get in the way of their diversity and inclusion efforts. They said that they didn't want to scale back their live photo shoots or the use of models and essentially just their commitment to working with diverse models. And I think that's something that you would think about from the very beginning (laughs) that you would make very clear. But like I said, you know, like in the very beginning, they weren't going to make a commitment that this would in no way impact the number of human models that they actually use. And I think people caught on to that from that first statement. And so basically they were just saying like, all right, all right, it won't be as bad as you think kind of thing. They were trying to walk it back a tiny bit. We talked a little bit about, uh, Justin, about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative. So after the racial justice protests in 2020, a lot of major corporations pledged to do better to make their companies, to make their workplaces more diverse, more equitable, and more inclusive. Was Levi's one of those companies and how have they done? Uh, uh, how have those initiatives gone for them since? Man, yeah, Levi's was one of the like the big local companies that came out pretty quickly. Like they issued a statement or a full re- diversity report in June 2020. And 
it wasn't great. <laughs> it was the first report I think the company had done in, you know, it's almost 170 year history at the time. And what they found is essentially their workforce wasn't that diverse and it got less diverse the further up the ladder you went. So there weren't any uh, black executives or like their global leadership team didn't have any black people. And even the company was saying, like, we have a ton of work to do. So they set out to do that work in some way. And they released another report in 2021 and the improvements were marginal like there were still upper areas that weren't as diverse but they did diversify you know certain aspects of their workforce but they have a very very long way to go so what do you think this incident says about the need for more diversity more representation in the upper echelons of companies in the parts of companies where decisions like utilizing AI models, where decisions like partnering with an AI company, where, where those are being made. I mean, what do you think that reflects about the top echelons of these corporations? That's a great point. I mean, I think that they don't have enough diversity in those rooms. Like, okay, imagine if Levi's had this meeting and they had a table that had a couple of black voices at all, you know, in an executive suite. And they were saying, hey, you know, we know it's it's hard for black and brown models in this industry anyway, but we're also thinking about using AI to generate more of them. And we can't guarantee that it won't fully replace them one day, but we think that's the direction we want to go in. I have a feeling that somebody at that table would have been like, hey, I think this might be a problem, or I think people might be concerned about this, or maybe let's not do this this way at all. And I think there would have been a better discussion about it. And like we said, like there, there's way more questions than answers. And clearly, like even in Levi's own statements, they're not really committing to anything. They're just saying like it's not going to get in the way of our diversity efforts. But, you know, I still think there's room for people to be concerned because they don't have any proof to the contrary. Well, Justin, when they start making AI CEOs, I hope you'll come back and talk to me again. <laughs> oh, man, I, I can't wait for that day. <laughs> Chronicle columnist Justin Phillips, thanks so much. All right. Thanks, man. Our thanks to columnist Justin Phillips for speaking with us today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. For Fifth Admission, I'm Dominic Fercasa.